Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Matt. We talk about movies on this show. And it's, I guess, something of a, a, a tri-annual event where now we have Marvel By movies. By now. Yeah, that's all. Pretty, pretty soon it's going to be a quarter-annual event. I, I think at that point you just say quarterly. You don't even say, you don't even say annual. That's true. You just say that's quarterly. True. It would be quarterly. Yeah. Yeah, he's talking up. I know, uh, but hey, so so we got a new Marvel movie, a new Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and mm-hmm. it is Black Panther. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to discuss it. We'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you warning somewhere in the middle before we jump into the spoilers. Uh, but that is that's what we're going to do. So, um, I guess before we even give our general opinion of the movie, just sort of where are we with Marvel movies right now? Right. I'm I'm still I'm still in. I know. Yeah, I know I, some I, I people st- aren't. I feel like for context, I just want to just just reiterate. You've probably heard me say this if you've seen like, the Thor review or you've heard me talk about these before. Uh, yeah, I've been the Civil War review, the Doctor Strange review, all of them recently, except for Spider Man. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry that I'm just not lapping up the mousy's feces uh, like it's candy. All right, I sh- and I, I shouldn't have said Doctor Strange. I. I you know, that one I wasn't even big on. But yeah. You kind of like the Guardians movies, but, you know, let's find the ones that you weren't so major on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't hate any of the ones last year. It was just, no. you know, I just wasn't, like, I've stopped being excited for Marvel movies. They're kind of at a point now where I'll go in, they'll be fine, but they're kind of, they're, they're like a, a bit of fast food. And I, I, but more so than they ever have been where I will just forget about them afterwards and never really care about it again. Um, but Spider-Man was the exception last year. That surprised mm-hmm. me. Because uh, it had heart, it had a, it had a solid character arc, and it felt like it was doing something different. Uh, so, going to Black Panther, it's in this weird place for me because Black Panther's a character that I don't really know much about. I, you know, he's popped up in the odd Avengers book that I've read, but I've not really known much about him. Uh, no attachment to him whatsoever. Unlike Doctor Strange, though, I don't have a, a negative outlook on him either. Doctor Strange, right. I, I already actively kind of disliked. <laughs> Whereas Black enough, Panther. You know, I mean, he was fighting Civil War, of course. He was had a part in that, but like other than that, like my exposure to him is minimal at best. Uh, what this did have going for it, going into it as a movie, was Ryan Coogler, who you know directed mm-hmm. Creed, uh, Fruitvale Station, fantastic director, and obviously the cast. You know, Michael B. Jordan got his got in there because obviously Coogler's worked with him Always. a bunch of times. As soon as Coogler was announced, and so we already knew that uh, Chadwick Boseman was T'Challa, the Black yeah. Panther. You know, we, we've done that for a because they, they they revealed him like. A long Early. time ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, even I think before they announced Civil War was was the title, it said he was like, going to appear in a Captain America film. Um, yeah, maybe, but, maybe right, yeah. Yeah, so when they announced Coogler, I was trying to figure out how he was going to get Michael B. Jordan in there, because he's <laughs> two for two with, with him, uh, and they just work well together. Yeah, well, as the so villain. So he was announced here obviously. as, yeah, as Killmonger, I was like, okay, this could be definite fun, because I hadn't seen... Michael B. play a heavy as of yet. You know, he's always that sympathetic guy. Uh, so, so yeah, that was that was cool. Um, who else is in this cast? Uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, t- who, of course, has become fairly well-known recently. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, who was in Get Out last year, of course. I mean, I knew him from an episode of Black Mirror, which, funny enough, T'Challa's sister uh, in this, Letitia Wright, uh, it was actually bugging me as I was watching this what I knew her from yeah. and she was actually in the last episode of Black Mirror like the, the last episode of season oh. 4 she's in that nice <laughs> and, it never, and she's, she's such a different personality 
in this, mm-hmm. it never clicked, quite clicked. What I'd, I couldn't quite remember what I'd seen around, but I knew her face. It's pretty versatile, then. If you didn't recognize her. Yeah. So that that was. Uh, I mean, now that I know, I can see it easily. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, like so she she was in that. Um. So, and oh, speaking of faces, it was a uh, Danai Guerrero's character, uh, Okoye. Uh, she. Uh, I was like, well, I know her face from something as well. Uh, I didn't see a lot of her in the show, but she was uh, Michonne in The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. uh, which is yep. what I think most people will probably know her from. Uh, and obviously, you got uh, Martin Freeman, Andy Serkis uh, reprising their roles. Yeah, that's just you know when they're in the room together, and it's Gollum and uh, Bilbo. And it just that that cracks me up. That how far these franchises have begun. That you have the Hobbit people in all the same universe now again do they have to correct the Tolkien white guys joke you should have you should have that's, that's a solid joke <laughs> it's a pretty good okay. joke I don't it's even so like Lord of the Rings but it's a pretty good joke yeah. I'm gonna look no, it is a good joke and and with Circus I'm so used to just seeing him in mocap <clears throat> or hearing his voice that it's good to see him doing an actual role where he gets to you know just be larger than life without CGI. Although here he's, you know, kind of enhanced by CGI. But but yeah, no, not like usual. Like he's not Caesar. Only his arm. Because definitely... if, yeah. if you if you recall correctly, his arm got cut off in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> just to just to remind you of that. Yeah. Uh, but hey, so so you got, you got a cast. You got um. You got a director who's very exciting, and then the buzz started to come out. It was like, okay, right, so people are liking this. The, the, the buzz from the premiere, and then the, the the review, the early reviews coming out from the, the the written sites and whatnot. I was like, okay, right, okay. I'm a bit more because I think I was indifferent, and then I heard the buzz, and I was like, okay, right. I'm I'm kind of optimistic now. I'm go, I'm going in with a. Well, I just remember you. I don't want to say throwing a fit because that's too strong, but you you found out who Killmonger was uh, in in the last trailer. You had seen, and you're just like, oh, so it's phase one again. Um, oh, I'm yeah. kind of back out. Yeah, my, my complaint, yeah, when I saw the trailer and I saw, like, Killmonger's kind of eventual suit, I was like, oh, so he's just evil Black Panther, because he's got a Black Panther yeah. suit by the end of the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. So this is like Yellow Jacket, where it's evil Ant Man or it's mm-hmm. evil Iron Man with Iron Monger. And I, was like, and I was like, let's just trust in Coogler. Let's <laughs> trust in Michael B. Okay. And you're like, no, this is, I, man, I know the formula. I know the formula, and I'm prepping for it. <laughs> well, let me let me counter that earlier cynicism with Killmonger may be the best villain in the MCU. In the oh, movies, man. in the movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not. I'm not counting. You know, uh, Kingpin because we got so much. Or I'm even. I'm not even talking about him. I'm talking about Ada and Shield. Ada is the best villain in the MCU. Oh, okay. Shield. I'm. I'm outside. Yeah. I'm outside of Shield. She, she, I haven't watched for a while. Yeah, she 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 she's my favorite by far. But okay. Killmonger might be the best in the MCU. Uh, see, I'm I'm still riding the Vulture train from uh, Spider Man. Vulture was better than most. I mean, let's yeah. be honest here, the bar's pretty low for the villains in the MCU. It is. And it's it's the problem I think with most superhero movies. because uh, even even over at DC, where we haven't had a lot of stellar movies, the villains don't really pop. In, in any of them either so um well in these, just, new, in these new movies but you go back to the nolan trilogy and like yeah I'm, i don't count those as part of those you know because to okay, me the, the talking, nolan trilogy surpasses yeah. a simple comic book film you know uh so but yeah 
it's 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 a problem, and especially with uh, Marvel, where they attract all of these big name actors that you're like, oh, I can see them, uh, Mads Mikkelsen as as a great villain, and then oh, yeah. he's kind of wasted. Ma- Mads Mikkelsen, um, what's Christopher his face? Eccleston. Eccleston from Doctor Who, yeah, like he <laughs> Malekith was such a waste of him. Yeah. <laughs> it was just they, um, they could have had a stunt man or, or whoever just shot for that yeah. role. I'm trying to think of some others. Um, Ronan from from Guardians, mm. he was kind of there. I it mean, he yeah. had some peaks it, and valleys, but most of them are valleys. It didn't bother me as much in the first Guardians that the villain was weak because there, there was so much else going on. But gotcha. yeah, like it, it it falls into the trap. Like most of the MCU movies have really weak villains. It's just kind of a it's a running joke at this point. Um, but no, I think he's good. And we'll talk mostly in spoilers about why I think he's good, but a lot of it is to do with a vastly superior motivation and more complex motivation compared to most villains in superhero movies where it's not just, ah, I want to take over the world or I want to destroy the world or I'm evil, haha. There's actually a yeah. complex motivation that's rooted in the actual real-world elements, which actually right. makes him far more interesting than just about any other villain in the MCU. Earlier today, I saw a meme that said MCU... Uh, reviving, or oh, what was the exact wording? Basically, reviving human torches since uh, 2011, and it was uh, it was Michael B. Jordan as Human Torch and uh, Captain America as <laughs> Human Torch. And I was like, oh man, astute! <clears throat> like you come over to the MCU and they have something for you. But but yeah, he was oh Michael B. was so good. I love that yeah. guy. No, I watch just everything he's in. He, he's pretty great in this. Um, yeah, so so you got a good villain. Uh, as for the movie overall, uh, to give sort of general impressions, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's... Oh, it's perfect. There's a couple of uh, picks I can have here or there. Um, but it made me... I got into the character, I got into the world of Wakanda and you know the, the the story of this city and the overall story of the movie and again it's kind of core messages that it, that it had I actually thought was really strong it was unique to the movie as well it wasn't like it was just doing you know what five other MCU movies have done up to this point it's one of the more unique movies in the franchise I mean it connects to th- everything overall but it for the most part it's fairly standalone there's, there's not a whole lot of yeah I mean there's a little bit of references to what had happened before in Civil War mm. Because uh, that's where he was introduced. But other than that, it as standalone, like you're you're not. It helps that they're not actively searching for infinity gems <laughs> or dealing with cosmic mm-hmm. shenanigans. Uh, so so yeah, uh, where I felt like Spider-Man was the same way. Like yeah, I referenced the event that that led to the destruction of New York and Avengers. But other than that, outside of Tony Stark, of course, it, it kind of. You know, as its well, own story. I mean, Spider-Man had a lot more connections to the MCU, but I, th- I think oh. it's okay if you, if you have connections. I wouldn't necessarily downgrade it for that. I think no. the difference with Spider-Man and Black Panther is that they both have a very unique story to tell on their own that has like a beginning, yeah. middle, and end. It doesn't feel like you're short-changed because it's teasing things for other movies. Where that's actually my bigger one of my bigger problems with, say, Civil War, is that I feel like it is too much a part of a overall serial and doesn't really work on its own as anything. You know, that was. Yeah. That's part of why I feel underwhelmed with that movie because I remember seeing it and just feeling like, okay, that was like the middle episode of a season of a TV show that I just yeah. went in the theater and watched. And that's always a fair. That's always a fair. It's, it, unlike Civil War or Civil War, Winter Soldier, they're all starting to meld in my brain. <laughs> all these names, all these, uh, you know, we're well, Winter like, Soldier felt like. Yeah, this is like movie seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, we're up there. 
Something like that. It's, Around that number. And if any war, the, the big grand finale... You know, that's been 10 years in the making is just around the corner. So, like, I can't well, no, believe... The, the first half of the finale. That's not the whole finale. Yeah, I just... I know, yeah. but... Because uh, even though they're not calling it Infinity War Parts 1 and 2 anymore, it's still... They still fill them back to back, and I I still think... I, I think they're going to end up calling it Infinity Gauntlet or something like that. Like, it'll be, like, a clear connective right. tissue. They're just not calling it Part 1 and 2. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of expecting Infinity War to end with, like, the heroes losing and or something... You know. Well, yeah, it's, it's the hero's journey thing where they yeah. have to lose everything before they can climb their way back. And uh, yeah, weirdly with Black Panther, that, that's this tone that you're describing where it kind of stands alone, mm-hmm. uh, but it it still connects a little. It's kind of what I've always wanted for Thor. We all know I'm a huge Thor fan, uh, mm. and with Dark World, I felt they missed that opportunity to kind of flush out Asgard and, and its realm and get into some of that with with the tones and. Here, with all the stuff for Wakanda, it's the first time we're being introduced to it. And Kugler and company handle it so well. Like, this mythology is instantly, I mean, at least for me, it instantly connected. Uh, and it's summed up in the first, like, three minutes of the movie. Uh, yeah. Because so, no, yeah. they, they set up the, 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 the country, and it's, obviously it's very advanced. That's the whole premise is that it, because of the vibranium that landed there eons <laughs> ago, uh, they've built a culture around it. The five tribes kind of formed the country, and because of that, it's it's more advanced, but they've been hiding. Because that's actually something I didn't necessarily know about Wakanda before I watched this movie. Is that it was mm-hmm. hidden? Yeah. I, I assume it was at some point in the Marvel comics as well before before they made mm-hmm. the choice to, to uh, reveal themselves to the world. But it's hidden, um, and like even you know uh, Martin Freeman's character at one point, he's like, "Nah, Wakanda's yeah. a third world country. What are you talking about?" And yeah. like he he's dismissive of it until he wakes up there, of course, and there's like. <laughs> <laughs> he sees yeah, like, all the wonders of what it is. He's in a sci-fi movie, and yeah. it's just like, what is going on here? Yeah. yeah. So, now, so so Wakanda's uh, definitely interesting. I think uh, the action is typically pretty good. I think it. Unfortunately, I think the last big fight falls into a big CG hole. Yeah, I, I think his hand-to-hand stuff. Coogler is really adept at. at uh, Filming, especially after Creed, because I really mm. enjoyed the hand on or hand to hand, hand on hand. It's completely different, hand to hand combat stuff. The the more the like, the Black Panther like the chase scene in South Korea, mm-hmm. uh, and the chase scene in the jungle, I felt they felt similar, you know, like, and they they had the same shooting style. It was kind of all over the place. And I couldn't really see what was going on so well. I I enjoyed the car chase quite a bit actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I feel like the big final fight when it's the, they're both in their panther suits and they're they're, they're fighting and they're uh, it just it, it essentially became a hundred percent CG for most of the fight yeah. and it just it felt kind of artificial and fake mm-hmm. uh, in a way that was kind of a shame because it like I, I get obviously you've got a really a lot of fancy like parkour elements to Black Panther where he's like jumping around and he's jumping on cars and yeah. stuff and I really like that stuff and obviously there's some CG in there because you have to you can't just have the actor leap yeah. that high and so on but. Um, when it became the two of them fighting, and they're like, you know, at one point they're falling through the air, punching, and they're just both CG characters. It, it was giving me yeah. like Matrix Reloaded kind of. It looks better than that. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but I'm saying it gave me those vibes where it was like, yeah. you know, just just this this almost cartoon compared to everything else. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't ruin the movie, but it's just it's, I think it's a worthwhile complaint to mention. Um, mm-hmm. I think. If I'm going to give any other criticisms, I do think Wakabi, Daniel Kaluuya's character, is quite thin. Yeah. He's kind of there to really just serve... He's, he's there to serve a purpose. Uh, 
it's kind of obvious what his purpose is as soon as you've, you've had like two scenes with him. And I thought, I mean, obviously at that point, I thought they were going to do more to develop it, but they never really do. He just kind of is what he is, and that, that's it. Yeah, he's he's that guy, you know. Like you're, he serves his his point in the story, and you see Kaluuya, and you're used to him from Black Mirror and Get Out, and you're like, oh, he's gonna have a big meaty part, hmm. and then you're kind of like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, he wasn't bad. It's, it was just the part, and I think it feels especially thin because it essentially just exists so that there's like a there's more for the final fight. It's like cause, cause, so, so the final fight is not just Killmonger. There's, so there's more. Like he's got like an army that is kind of involved. And it's like okay, right. So that, that's why this is here. So that felt a little bit thin to me. Uh, however, though, the rest of the characters, like all of the like, uh, I, I think uh, Black Panther's sister Shuri, with uh, yeah. Shuri's character, she. Uh, as soon as about halfway through this, I sort of it dawned on me like, okay, so she's the she's the Groot of this movie, and what I mean by that is that she's the character that most people in the public are going to latch on to and love because she's very likable, she's very funny, she's constantly like poking fun at her brother, she's constantly doing all this stuff. She's basically the cute for him. She she makes all the yeah. tech. She's got a That's... lab and she's building all the suits and stuff. And yeah, so so basically the way I look at at T'Challa. He's a king, right? Mm. But he's kind of like Batman and James Bond in the same person. Uh, in yeah, that, because he has some, he has some of this duty bound stuff that Bond really doesn't have. That ties a little bit more to to Batman. And then so I looked at Shuri and then uh, uh, Okoye, like the head of his his guard. They were kind of like his Alfred, you know. Yeah, they, they kind of can, they split the duties. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah. kind of right. <laughs> yeah, and so they they can get away with telling him stuff other people can't because they're so close. You yeah, because obviously most of the humor comes from from them like being around them, and there's not there's not actually that much humor in this compared to other Marvel movies. Obviously, yeah. some MCU movies have kind of went overboard with just trying to be comedies, and I'm, I'm not accusing Thor of that Thor is a comedy director that should be a comedy, but. Yeah. Uh, there's other ones where it feels like they force in too much comedy because oh it's a Marvel movie it's supposed to be X amount of comedy, uh, yeah. whereas this it felt a bit more natural in terms of the amount it kind of kind of worked for what well, it was. It, it felt natural for the characters' interaction. Like yeah. Shuri knows, like she's she's the you know princess to 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 Chala's prince. She'll probably never take the throne, so she needed to drive something. So she became like the text ex- the tech expert of Wakanda and she's smarter than him and knows it, you know? So she's constantly, you know, ribbing her older brother that how come you didn't figure this out or, Hey, I made you a new costume. Uh, I know you think you're cool taking your helmet off, but what if you didn't have to? Yeah, the new costume's very fancy, and what, what actually, it serves an action purpose, because she, she sets up that it kind of stores kinetic energy, and then you can yeah. sort of, like, give it back out. So, yeah. basically, the way she kind of explains it is, like, okay, hit this suit, and he, he, he kicks it as hard as he can, and it goes, <laughs> and it glows kind of purple, like, it gives, like, a purple mm-hmm. kind of, like, uh almost like veins there's like purple veins yeah. in the suit to sort of show that it's stored some kinetic energy and then he tries to kick it again but the suit like gives it back to him and he goes flying across the room and that's it's a funny moment but it's a uh, it's actually really fun for the action sequences because it's usually yeah. well throughout because you can yeah, see because you can see that he's building up the purple energy you can see the, mm-hmm. the story in it and any you know you'll release it in a variety of ways that you know yeah uh, which from the comics as, as much as i know about vibranium is that's the property. That's what makes vibranium such a unique metal. Mm. Uh, is you know, they also in the Marvel comics have adamantium, which is indestructible. Then you have vibranium, which yeah, it's destructible, but it can store energy. So you know, at one point, Cap Shield ends up being a vibranium hybrid. 
you know, uh, and that's how it bounces all over the place and, and whatnot. So I, I like that they added that into his suit. I didn't know it was never not vibranium as a shield. Really? Has it not been? I just thought it was a unique alloy that, that Stark created I, his dad. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure in the movies it's always been vibranium. Well, I'll find this out as we start our rewatch of all the movies leading up to Infinity War. Because I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure, I'm sure in Age of Ultron when they're talking about Wakanda for the first time, I'm sure he mentions that his shield's made of it. Oh, that's right. That's right. But that's all they had. That's yeah, that's like, yeah, they don't have a lot of it for reasons yeah, that are obvious okay. in this movie. But yeah. okay, well then, well then, it's there too. They just don't really address it. And Black Panther, you know. Uh, they kind of add that quality to a suit, which I liked. Mm. Uh, so, no, so his sister's really likable, and she has her own kind of little arc. Uh, Laputa Nyong'o's character, who's kind of the love interest, she mm-hmm. she has her own arc, and it, it kind of mirrors the villain's like intentions as well in a really interesting way, uh-huh. where it shows that he's not necessarily got the... His goal's ultimately kind of like adm- admirable, but his methods are what... You know, are, are what yeah. yeah. The methods are, are the wrong part. The yeah. yeah. So, so that's really cool. So she's got a really good arc, and she's a strong character. Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a difficult name because we're not used to you know. I, do you know what, that's the thing. I'm, I'm saying okay, and then I'm like saying mm. yeah after it, and I'm just not used to saying a, a, a thing yeah. after okay. It's weird. But okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she she also has a really strong arc where she's like sort of loyal to him, and she uh, she's kind of the what did I compare? She's Almost, if I'm to compare her to other characters and other things, kind of like how I compared the sister to Groot. I guess I'd compare her yeah. mostly to Drax, just kind of the the tough muscle character who takes everything yeah, very she's seriously. Got a heart. Oh, she does, yeah. she does, and she's got more of a sense of humor than. I mean, well, same, yeah, same with Drax though. Drax has yeah. a heart to that character. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and because I, she's I, 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 I don't want to boil, and I don't want to like diminish all these characters by boiling them down to just oh, they're just this one or maybe I don't really mean that. I just yeah. mean. Like, if I'm comparing kind of what she brings to the group, it's kind of the Drax role. Yeah, because this this is an ensemble movie. Like, it's called Black Panther, and yes, T'Challa's the main character, and mm. uh, Bozeman is the, the lead. But I was, I'm not shocked, but, it, like, it was a good shock that how in-depth all of these other characters are to the movie. Like, it is... Which is why know, Kaluuya's character sticks out as being really weak, yeah. because he's not got that yeah. depth, whereas everyone else right. does. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, and so, so yeah. I mean, he, you're not. I, I don't believe you're distilling it down to this. It's just easier in, in how you compare them to other yeah. with what we have, especially in an ensemble movie. It's just easier to go to Guardians because that's what it's built around is their relationships. Yeah, and I, I mean, I suppose by that that comparison to Chal is kind of the Star Lord, and and obviously he's a very different character. But in a weird way, he kind of is. Yeah, look, there's a couple of moments of humor where. He's embarrassed by something, and it almost does feel like a Star Lord moment where he'll say, "Oh no, 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 let's ignore that," or something like, oh. you know, very slight, of course, but it's it's kind of there uh, in a weird way. And I think that just shows that's how you build an ensemble. You have to have everyone feel kind of different, so they all kind of fill these different roles, um, yeah. and that kind of works. Uh, whereas I suppose uh, by default that makes uh, Laputa's character uh, the the Gamera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't so... know who's. Ro- I guess Mbaku is the rocket. <laughs> Reckon. <laughs> I mean, well, that's also Shuri. You know what I mean? Shuri is is the tech wiseacre. You know, she's rocket angry. Oh, sure. Okay, okay, sure. Yeah, she, she's rocket angry. Yeah, she she embodies both. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll, I'll accept but, that. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, because Mbaku's yeah. more the Yondu. You're right. You're yeah. right. 
Exactly. Yeah, Mbaku. Well, we'll talk about Mbaku in the <laughs> area because that dude. Uh, everyone's yeah. talking about Sherry, but I'm over here being like, yeah, Mbaku's pretty cool, though. Uh, so. I, I have to say, I, I connected with Sherry more than Mbaku. I mean, I, I liked Mbaku. Of course, of course you would. But, yeah. uh, no. no, not everybody's like me, Pete. I, I understand my flaws. Yeah, no, that's, you know? that's, that's, that's <laughs> Um But yeah, we keep talking about all the other ensembles, uh, you know, all these other characters, but I think that. Chadwick Boseman really does, like, not that he, I don't want to say he doesn't stand out, but he's just kind of the straight man to everybody else. Like, he has a very important role to play, even though he leads the movie, but everyone, you know, he has to play off of everybody else. Yeah, They're not well, playing off of him. Here's the thing, though. Like, even though he's kind of the straight man, he's a straight man with a lot of charisma. Because he, he, yeah. sometimes in these stories where you have like such a good surrounding cast, sometimes the person in the middle who's meant to be the straight man can be the most yeah. boring one. Right, yeah. I don't think he's that at all. He's actually got a lot of charm whenever he speaks to anyone. He's yeah. got a lot of uh, just the little moments. He's, he's got um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gravitas to some pretentious yeah. as, as, as as all. No, I, I I would dare say that is not pretentious because he does when he speaks. You want to listen to him, like he takes that very he he has a very regal presence to him. Yeah. And I thought he was probably the standout uh, character for me in Civil War. In the little that he had, you know, like he has an important role, but it's you know it's Cap and Iron Man, and not so much Panther. So uh, he carried that over here, and I was glad to see Coogler had just took with that and run. Hmm. No. Uh, so. So yeah, cast very good. Characters by and large very good. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, Killmonger and the spoilers because I feel like all, yeah. of, all of what I really love about him is spoiler talk. So Oh, yeah, a, a lot of what I love about the movie is spoiler talk too. Mm. So Yeah, which, which is a testament to actually doing interesting things that maybe we didn't expect because I feel like the my worry going in uh, was, oh, it's going to be like a phase one movie so it's going to be a pretty typical origin story which it kind of isn't, isn't, because it's not really the origin of him. It's just kind of like his... He becomes king, obviously, because in Civil War, yeah. uh, his father so, died. So up so. to this point... Uh, we'll talk about this spoiler, because it's, it's dodgy. I don't want to spoil it for people that yeah. are just tuning in to see our initial thoughts. Uh, but there's a character aspect of his that I was sure was something else. And then they, they rectified that early in the movie. So, okay, that's cool. But I'll say that. Uh, Actually, here's another worry I kind of had going in. Again, not knowing much about Black Panther and just having a vague idea. Oh, he's the king of Wakanda, and you know, he married Storm at one point, and like these, these are these yeah. what I know. And so, I typically don't get super into royalty yeah. as, as characters. Um, obviously, I enjoy Aquaman, but some of my least favorite Aquaman is when he's just in the throne room being a king. Like, that bores the crap yeah. out of me. Uh, so one of my worries going into this was like, oh, it's going to be kind of like Aquaman when he's when he's just being king of Atlantis, where he's just you know he's being king and he's you know and the times where I don't empathize or the times where I don't relate to what's going on is when he's and this is again this is a few times in the movie it's not a big deal because it is just it's not the main point of the movie mm-hmm. at all but like when he becomes king and he like he tells people like. Uh, Give us the room, and he, you know, tell everyone to get out. And he's like, he's being all kind of like you know charging people around and stuff. That's the stuff where I'm like, okay, I don't really like kings royalty. I don't really yeah. care for for like I just there's nothing about it I find relatable. Uh, luckily, the movie doesn't really focus in on that too much. It focuses in more on uh, all the interesting stuff. I'll say, yeah, because uh, yeah, that, well, that was my one worry. Like uh, I've never been into uh, like Namor. He's like the king of Atlantis and. Yeah, Marvel, right? well, we all know how much you love the Inhumans. Oh. They're a whole real family. Oh. 
Oh dear, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't necessarily assume that that that's terrible because of that, but that yeah, that's no, certainly like, a, that's there as a factor. It's an easy joke. It's yeah. an easy one. But but I hear what you're saying. I did love the politics of Wakanda and him trying to assume this role because I, I always say that's the the new leader's like role is to look on what the leaders ahead of him or before him mm-hmm. had done, and then try to make his own you know standing of it. And I like that. T'Challa here really, you know, trying to figure out who he is as a man and as a leader. I really like that aspect. It just, I feel some of the story that surrounded it maybe kind of weighed that down, but I like that it was there. Because uh, I think that's actually kind of why I I hate, like, uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of reasons to hate the Star Wars prequels, but why I hate the Jedi Council specifically, because those scenes where they're all sitting around, like, discussing what to do, is very much like a royalty scene where they're all sitting in the throne room, like, talking about, oh, what should we do with the people? Oh, all these problems, uh, we, we, we control the, the, the land, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, <laughs> trade talk. Yeah, oh, trade talk, oh, trade disputes and bollocks. Uh, but hey, so, but no, I'm actually really positive in the movie, uh, overall. I have, I have, obviously I, I had some complaints, and honestly most of them are spoiler-free, com- the complaints. I don't think I've got many spoiler, uh, spoilered complaints, so I think I've got all my complaints out of the way for what I had. Um, so, I think with that, we'll give the spoiler warning, so full spoilers from this point on for Black Panther. So here's the big reason why I think this movie's, or why Killmonger is a great villain, right? So... Essentially, the, the, the motivation for him, and obviously we get a flashback to what, you know, we get the later twist that this is actually, yeah. uh, so he's actually the T'Challa's cousin, and T'Challa's yeah. uncle was once in the real world, he was in Oklahoma specifically. Was it Oklahoma? That wasn't no. Oklahoma. Oakland. Oakland, thank two you. Vastly, two vastly different places, people. You, you get why I made that mistake, come on, come on. Oakland, Oklahoma, I got you. Right. But which is also funny because... Kugler, I think he's from Oakland, or he's from the area. Okay. So he always tries to put a tie there, which I like because that you know, I'm leaving a fingerprint on on this movie. Yeah, I like it as well because when it started there, I thought, okay, it's starting with some real world stuff before we get to the 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 magic, not magical, but you know, the, the yeah. ultra sci-fi Wakanda. We're getting because I'm okay. grounded here's like some just streets in the world uh, to sort of like get, get your footing in the movie. But uh, so so we find and we get the the full flashback later on. But basically. Uh, his belief, so T'Challa's uncle, he believed that basically once he was out in the real world and he saw how black people were being treated, that he wanted to use Wakandan technology and give them the means to fight back. That was kind of his thing. And uh, the Black Panther at the time, uh, T'Challa's father, was like, hey, yeah. no. And it escalated, his uncle, you know, you know, tried to fight back and he had to kill him. Like, this became a thing where he had to kill his uncle because he was going out of line. And... Then obviously find out that Killmonger is actually uh, his cousin. It's uh, basically with a, you know, but not a Wakandan woman, you know, women in America. They yeah, had this, with an American. Yeah, they had this son uh, who became Killmonger, and he has this belief too. Uh, so his entire motivation when he comes to Wakanda and he like challenges for the throne and he's like, oh, I'll challenge you to combat and I'll take the throne, is he his whole thing is that hey, you've been hiding here whilst, you know, we're oppressed all over the world and you've done nothing to help. You have the technology to actually give us a means to fight back. Like, what the hell? That is a fascinating motivation. And it's also fascinating from the the perspective of our heroes who then have to question that and say, why haven't we helped in any way? Why have we been hiding? You know, we've we've kept all these advancements to ourselves. We're living in a goddamn utopia in this bubble that no one can see. 
and outside we're just kind of turning a blind eye to whatever's going on. I think that is a fascinating concept. It's a fascinating thing to explore. Well, and the the idea that that is what drove Killmonger to become the killer that he is, because you see that he went through, you know, uh, he graduated top of his class from the Naval Academy, mm. went through the Navy SEALs, but basically became a mercenary that racked up more kills than anybody else. And this is all basically to get to Wakanda because he knows, you know, what his his heritage is. And I just, I like how that parallels T'Challa, who had always been prepped to become king. Yeah. You know, like he knew. And then that's, and then the, the pre-spoiler break, I had always thought he was the first person to become king and Black Panther at the same time. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> I hadn't realized. Yeah, because they make kind of a big deal that he becomes the Panther after his father dies in Civil War. And so I had, I had thought at this point, like, oh, well, this is the first time he mm. he could be the Panther and the King. And then you see his father show up in Oakland to talk with, you know, T'Challa's uncle. And you're like, oh, no, okay. Well, uh, they actually, you know, this isn't the first time. This is now he's taking on the duty. Uh, and so I forgot why he went on that, that jaunt, but uh, it just it tied back. <laughs> It also had to do with the with the war dogs, who you find out are, you know, Wakanda is isolated, but they have spies all over the place. And his, you know, uh, what was his name, Najobu, the prince, uh, his uncle, mm. he was one of these war dogs, and that's who he, that's, he saw the worst of the worst in Oakland. And, you know, kind of makes this impassioned plea to his brother. And then when he finds out he's been kind of been trading in Wakandan arms, you know, that's not allowed. So, you know... You see how Wakanda has shielded itself, and you know maybe T'Chaka could have done something, but chose not to. And, and, and I think that makes a perfect villain for for Killmonger yeah, because, because he feels like, abandoned. He feels abandoned. Yeah, he feels abandoned by the society he lives in, but also the society that he's supposed to be a part of that he came from. Yeah, uh, he feels abandoned by both. And I think it's fascinating to me that Nakia's goals are kind of because she, she's working outside of Wakanda, yeah. helping people who are in need around the around yeah. the world and she's like oh i can't stay like you know we have all these advancements we could help people but the, the the rule is is that we're not supposed to let anyone know that we exist so i'm going to go out there and i'm going to help the way i can and i, I think early on i was like okay the end of this movie has to be them revealing Wakanda to the world like i feel that that's where this is naturally going because yeah. partly because in, in the infinity war trailer you see like, other people who are Wakanda. Yes. so i'm like and, okay and again i try not to to crap on trailers like that but mm-hmm. And, and we all know we're all familiar with how these movies are are arced and how they're going to end. That said, when when Killmonger shows up and he fights to become, it's kind of like, well, we kind of know he's not successful because we saw Cap hide there at the end of Civil War. Yeah, and we saw the Infinity War stuff. So T'Challa becomes king again somehow, you know, even if he's deposed. So you know, kind of builds the tension. Although I don't, I mean, that's not really a fault of the movie because I feel the movie. Deals with it very well. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, you know, Black Panther was never going to lose it anyway. It's because it's just that type of movie. Yeah. But, but like, yeah. Under such that villain, had he remained king by the end, I would have been like, oh, okay, this is the direction we're going now. Mm-hmm. You know. You, you never, never know, but. Yeah, so I think I think I think yeah I think Killmonger's motivation is fascinating. And I think it is partly fascinating because it's it's rooted in a real world issue. It's like it's not saying look at this and what if there was this this country on Earth that could potentially 
completely change the act. And obviously, by the end of the movie, it's like, no, no, no. Because he wants to like send out like uh, Wakandan weapons well, he, to, he to everyone. He wants to conquer. Yeah, he, yeah. Wants to, he wants to militarize people and take over. Yeah. And of course, like... All the heroes are like, no, wait, we don't do that. We're not, we're not vicious like that. Uh, but ultimately, the decision has to be made at, by the end uh, by T'Challa and Wakanda as a whole. Like, no, no, we're going to reveal ourselves because we can actually inspire. We can change the viewpoints. We can like help in other ways. We can share what we know, what we understand, um, and that might actually have a, a ripple effect where you know maybe oppression will not not completely be killed by that, but just like you know, it's all of a sudden. Uh, you, you see this advanced civilization and maybe that changed some yeah. opinions. And maybe it... Let, let's be the lighthouse. Let's yeah. guide their way. Yeah, and and you get that vibe from T'Challa because he feels very... Even at the beginning of the movie, like he feels like, yeah, maybe, because he's been out to the outside world. You know, yeah. he knows what it's like. And it's also and... rooted in like, just classic superhero stuff. Like It's, it's kind of like the same sort of uh, debate that comes up with maybe say, say Superman, where it's like, Okay, he could physically go around the entire planet, storm into every single military base and take all their weapons. Yeah. He could just... And that's not quite conquering. Don't let Zack Snyder hear that. Wait, but, he's fine. <laughs> but, but he could take this, this you know, almost fascist-like approach to doing it and be like, right, you're better for it. And technically he would be right, but he chooses not to because, no, I need to inspire them to make that choice themselves. It's, it's kind of that... It's, it's, it's rooted in that, but it's also rooted in real-world oppression, which I think makes it really... It gives it layers. It gives it depth. That... It does, because I look at Killmonger and I'm thinking, okay, this dude's kind of right. And then you see what he does. You're like, oh, man. Now I feel bad for kind of siding with him with some of his methods and well, and what he's willing to do. The the, the best know? villains, the, the very best villains have understandable motivations, right? Yeah. And that's why, I mean, don't get me wrong, it can be fun when you've just got a mustache twirling villain who's like, ah, I'm going to take over the world. But... It's always much better when you understand their goals and you kind of you see why they feel that way. And you think they're going about it the wrong, the wrong way, of course, but you understand the motivation. You can't blame them for feeling that way. And I can't blame Killmonger for feeling the way he does. Oh, no. I can't either. And he, you know what? In in another movie, he could be seen as the hero, too. You know? Like, if this is a movie about a revolutionary who storms in and overtakes a country, you know, because he's the best at what he does, then he's the hero more often than not. But up against T'Challa, he's, you know, who, who's looking for more of a middle way. No, this guy's an extremist. Well, yeah, because, and... I mean, uh, again, we're in the world of superheroes. That, the whole idea of being a superhero is that we can be better. We, we can strive yeah. to not do, do the obvious thing and be better. And because the speech he gives at the end, it's the mid credit scene, actually, where he's, he's at the yeah. UN and he's, like, you know, revealing. And everyone's just kind of, like, scoffing, like, well, what kind of a third world country? What could you offer yeah. us? And obviously, it cuts to Martin Freeman in the crowd just sort of smirking because yeah. he's seen everything. He's yeah. like, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which, this has made me want to go back and check out the Christopher Priest run because that's where a lot of this, I guess, came from. I did some reading afterwards on oh, the really? movie. Yeah, a lot of these sentiments and the Everett Ross character uh, and, and Killmonger, a lot of these are interesting. That was from the 90s, so 20 years ago. Um, and some of the stuff is still, you know, part not part and parcel, but it's it's still occurring now. And I think that's an important part of the message as well. Hmm. Yeah. But no, so I really like that speech at the UN where, 
He's like, no, no, fools uh, build barricades. Smart, you know, the smart, intelligent people will build bridges. The wise will build bridges. Yep. And I, I, I like that sentiment. There's, there's a nice, strong message in here about moving forwards as, as a society. There's, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in here. On top of just having the, the fun superhero action antics yeah. and jumping around well, and explosions. I felt like this was the first Marvel movie that really put a mirror up to society and was like, this mm-hmm. is kind of what's going on. With, without being too over the top about it, you know, like yeah, there there are parts of Age of Ultron that had this whole, you know, our our, you know, sometimes new countries do more harm than good, just running into things. But here, because I think it broke it down to the societal level and even more mm. of a personal level, it, it resonated much more with me, you know, especially what's been going on here, you know, the last couple of years, you know, just. Yeah. Some of the real nasty stuff. If yeah, it feels relevant. It feels important uh, to come at a time like it does. It has, and it does feel like a big deal. You, you, you know, I'm watching this movie, and it's it's largely set in Africa. Every everyone's got an accent. Every you know, it's completely all in. There's no shine away from it. And when you know, when you do have Martin Freeman, by the way, actually, the, the only accent that kind of bothers me in the entire movie is Martin Freeman. Now, yeah. he he can do accents because when he was in Fargo. I never yeah. even questioned it because it's such a, an over-the-top accent. But here he's doing more of a sort of general American accent and it feels kind yeah. of weird. I'm like, no, nah, that's, that's Martin Freeman. That's, that's, that's Tim from The Office. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he does not sound like this. This is weird. Yeah. Um, but, but hey, he's Mr. CIA, man. But you know, if, if you're watching this, this big budget movie, uh, and it's you know it's it's got this setting like you you can never have seen this twenty years ago. You you would never get oh, this. Oh no! And, and I I'm think, glad because they tried. Like oh, Wesley Snipes was gonna be Black Panther. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, that that could have been rough. Yeah, that could have been rough. Uh-oh. And here's the. And here, here's the thing. So, you, so you're watching this this big budget movie, and they go all in. And I, I want to like commend Marvel. And I, obviously, I've been kind of down the MCU for a little bit. I've not been as excited for them for the last, you know, maybe two years, two and a half years. I do want to commend that they've kind of built this empire where they, they're at this point where they can get away with this. And that sounds awful that you have to be able to get away with it, but you kind of yeah. do. And in a mainstream, you know, movie going world right now. To get a movie like this, to have this budget, to have it break the, I mean, it's the fifth highest opening weekend of all time. Yeah. To do this, they had to have a bit of clout. My hope is, my hope that they've gotten to a point where the, the, the Marvel brand sells so much, and this is kind of what I've, I hope Star Wars would do, but they keep avoiding, is taking <laughs> risks and doing interesting things that haven't been done before, and saying, hey, we can have a film that's like an all almost all-black cast set in Africa, and it doesn't matter, it'll still do well because it's a Marvel movie, so we can do that, and hopefully that opens other doors, it opens doors for other filmmakers, mm-hmm. other actors, other stories, and we can do that. Just kind of like how Wonder Woman was kind of seen as, okay, so now we can have a female superhero movie, because one did well, yeah. one proved that it could be done. But it opens, it opens the gate for everybody yeah. else. So my hope is that because of that, other movies coming up don't necessarily just feel like they're part of the formula anymore because I, I think Spider-Man, you know, started to feel like, okay, so they're going to get like, a director to do a more personal story and I like that. And then this was a more personal story with, with all these other factors added in. Uh, but, you know, as much as Thor's a good funny time, like I, I did feel like it kind of dipped down again where I was like, okay, maybe that was like a one, a one well, thing. A I one just said it was fast food. Like, to me, Thor is like, Thor 3 or Ragnarok is like my favourite pizza. Like, yeah, it's not nutritionally, but goddamn... I'm enjoying it when I'm eating it, Where, which is with this Black Panther and Spider-Man felt like big hearty meals. We're like, oh yeah, like th- this was good. I made the right decision. So yeah, well, yeah, y- yeah. 
<laughs> I was going to pick apart that metaphor, but I'm just going to. I was going to go. I'm just going to go on. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah. So no. So I, I hope that that this means that risk taking going forward. And yeah, it made a lot of money. So Black Panther two is happening. Black Panther three is most yeah. definitely happening. Uh, and yeah. he will be in all the Avengers movies for the next like three or four of them. I guarantee you that. <laughs> like that, this he's, became a hit. So he's jumped into my leaderboard of favorite Avengers. I mean, again, we all know I love Thor, but from the time I saw saw him in Civil War, Black mm. Panther, I was like that. That's a fun, cool character. So, here's, here's the thing. I actually, I he's now. I really like him in the movies now. I don't actually have that much of an inkling to go read the comics, though. I have to say. Yeah, see, I, I want to go back and visit the pre stuff because you know if you. If you watch us on our comics podcast, we, we you know we talk about Priest Deathstroke run, and if it's you know as good as that, then I think it's worth worth the time. I mean, I don't know so. why, but like I, I I'm looking forward to him now in you know Infinity War, uh, which by the way <laughs> at the end of the movie when it came up saying Black Panther will return in Infinity War, I'm like that's weird. This is just a couple of months. <laughs> that's so it close. Is. Well, <laughs> that, that was kind of the thing too, and and uh, Thor will return in the Avengers. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Now we're kind of all numb to it. We're like, yeah, we'll see him. Yeah. But fine. at least that was a year, so it still feel like a while away. Yeah. Whereas sure. this is like, oh, this is like, you know, a couple of months and we're, we're already there. But hey. Uh, so, yeah. So I want to also mention just the the, the virtual reality driving technology. Because that was like a yeah. big... That was a big action set piece in the movie. Uh, early on in the car chase, they set up the... Uh, if one of the sensors that they've got gets put in a car, uh, then back in the science lab, um, his sister can actually go into the little virtual reality bay and drive mm-hmm. it from remotely. And that made for a lot of fun stuff where she's kind of involved in the fights, the chase scene, but she's not in danger. And it was like she was being a bit more reckless with the car because she could be. Yeah. Uh, but she was also talking to Panther the whole time. So there was a lot of fun stuff back and forth. And then it comes back at the end where they set up that uh, Martin Freeman used to be a pilot. That was what he did before he became yeah. uh, you know, CIA operative man. And... It, so she's like, "Hey, I, I, I've, I've changed this, the the virtual plane cockpit to match what you're used to, but you're flying one of our our biplanes. So, yeah. uh, you know, shoot down because the, those ships leaving with technology for for people. The Killmonger set yeah. out. Uh, so he's doing all these. Uh, he's flying around and that and that, that made for fun stuff. It gave him a really interesting thing to do in the, the final act, which I was not expecting. Yeah. I was not expecting Martin Freeman to have as big of a role that he did. Yeah, I, I like that he was there, and it felt like he wasn't overstepping." Like they were just giving him a role to give him something to do. I like that they were they were he was in Wakanda because of something that Panther had done, you know, because it had yeah, gone yeah. sideways. And, and I think it was yeah. a fairly important little kind of uh, thing to have in the movie, just to show an outsider looking at the the, the, the country yeah. and being like in awe of it and like having that perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for the perspective of you know, because no one's ever been to Wakanda in real life; it doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, you, so ha- right. having one person there who's like, uh, <laughs> "What's going on?" and he's, he's pointing yeah. out technology, and he kind of recognizes the concept of it because because the rest of the world they mentioned this I at will. one point that the rest of the world's starting to catch up. Like we're getting to a point where yeah. they're starting to like get onto all these little ideas and technological mm-hmm. technological feats. But obviously, Wakanda's already perfected a lot of it, and he's like, hey, "Is that a thing? I've only I've been I've heard of this been a." Th- functioning thing but never at this scale and never to this yeah. you know so it's it's just, yeah so that, that was a cool idea uh circus was good uh obviously he's not long for the movie but he has a big oh, presence while, while he's there yeah um i liked but, it though because it's because it set up um killmonger because it, it was more for him it did and and when i say i'm mad it was just because i was enjoying what he was doing mm. just chewing up the scenery 
has has this over the top Ulysses claw with you know and you know circus are just killing it and then gets killed unceremoniously by Killmonger and it's part of his plan you know it's what divides Wakanda later in the movie so yeah like he'll be missed circus because it was nice having this big over the top guy but you know what do you do yeah um uh, so yeah uh yeah i mean else did you want to talk about uh yeah, so I, I earlier i talked about the mythology and, and mm. how you know there's these five tribes and i like how each one of them represented almost in a power ranger-esque like color like even mm. nakia is from the river tribe and they're all in green and you have the border tribe who uh uh daniel Kaluuya's character uh was it wakabi they're all in mm. blue you know yeah, they've got their fancy. They they look like they're primitive, but they're just their uh, yeah. Because they're, they're just got basic fabric, but then they hold it out in front of them, and like a sort of a, a virtual shield comes up. So it's like, no, it's it, like a force it, field. Yeah, it's like doing it's doing this thing where it's making it look like it's you know a traditional sort of tribe thing, but then it's like oh no, here's some like high tech stuff that's actually baked yeah. into it, and it's, it was it was a nice contrast. It was a nice contrast. Yeah, it felt and, unique. and that's to me what what they've always done from what I've heard about the comics is that's that's been Wakanda. In mm. that it's you know traditional but but futurist at the same time, which is super cool. But I like that each of them are from this different tribe that you know uh, the Panther tribe had, had become the leaders of, uh, you know. And there was this one outsider tribe who's still part of Wakanda, but not you know they don't make political decisions, you know. And, and we get to see them, uh, the Jabari. That's where Mbaku, my boy, come comes in. Yeah, because he he challenges T'Challa. When he's being, yeah. you know, coronated, because they do this thing where they take away the yep. powers. They, they give him like a thing to take away the Black Panther, Panther powers and give him yeah. it back after. But they, they have to fight his mortals, uh, yeah. first. And Nobaku is this big, huge, massive a man who who looks, you know, like he's wearing gorilla skin and and whatnot. And he, the, it looks like the Jabari worship gorillas, you know, because we see their city later on. Yeah, and it's it set up that there's this, there's this bit of a rivalry a rivalry between the rest of Wakanda and the Jabari but you know yeah well the, and the, he gets defeated and he yields fairly you know yeah cuz so, he he seems to be not as as much for the technology he seems to think everyone's yeah. kind of relying on it so when you see they say i mean they've got stuff built but it's a bit more wooden it's a bit more it's, it's less like sci-fi looking and more yeah uh, like fancy tribal looking i guess is to, to yeah exactly and I just, so I love how each of them look all different, and then their whole culture, and and I will say they're the ones. Of one of them, I'm not too fond of. This is just a personal thing, but the yeah. one who have the big uh, piercings where they've got the big circles in their mouth yeah. and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. that bug that that creeps me out. Uh, and I feel the same way about you know how those earrings where it stretches the earlobes out. Uh, yeah. Some people wear. I hate those Spacers. too. Yeah, which hate which them. you know, so I'm sure these are all from different African tribes that they drew inspiration from because I've seen. You know, like oh yeah, I've seen yeah, I've seen yeah, I've seen little you know photos of whatever like you know wearing that those kind of things yeah. Yeah, you're talking about like the lip disc and Mm. you know they stretch out the knee and even the Dora Milaje the you know the women guard they look like they're wearing the neck rings of another African tribe you know so all the all that stuff I I like that they put in there but um with the Jabari I like that in the story you know T'Challa gets defeated you know, by Killmonger and gets deposed as king, uh, gets thrown down. They all think he's dead. But the only place they can really turn to is the Jabari, and they get there, and they basically, because 
T'Challa had bested him in battle, you know, one-on-one. He kind of, not and, that he was indebted. And, and, not, but, not spe- and specifically because he actually told him to yield. He didn't want to kill him. Yeah, he, yeah. he specifically exactly. said, hey, yield. I don't have to kill you. Just end the fight. Just yeah. yield and we can end this. And so he's like, no, life for a life. You kind of save mine, essentially, yeah. but not forcing me to die. Because I, I think in that context, no one would bat an eye if he did just kill him. Like, because right. it's combat, yeah. So. Exactly. And so I, I liked what it did with the story there. That, you know, these were always the outsiders. And it was kind of the fact that they were the outsiders is what eventually preserves Wakanda. And you know, yeah, as, and, and it unifies everybody. Yeah, and I, I like that just just from a, a character standpoint, like him making the choice that he doesn't want to kill Mbaku mm-hmm. in that fight. It's just it's mm-hmm. just that first sign early on. I mean, obviously you see that he's quite likable, and you have the little joke where yeah. he freezes when he gets to you know Lepitnongo's uh, character and the because it's because yeah. it was a joke where. Uh, he's like, no, don't freeze. Make sure you don't freeze. Like, I won't freeze. And then he completely freezes. Yeah. Uh, so it, it gives you a little bit of humour to make you like him. But I think as a hero, as a character, the fact that he intentionally goes out of his way not to kill his opponent is like, okay, yeah. no, this is... Okay, Superhero 101, set up your character's morals. Yeah. And that does that quite well, easily. And then that sets up Killmonger, who he's, you know, the ultimate killer. And he, mm. he takes killing blows on T'Challa in this ritual fight, which... Uh, and that was T'Challa's mistake, was he doesn't... You know, he asked Killmonger to yield when he has him early in the fight, and Killmonger doesn't, which ultimately is is Charles' downfall. So I like again from it, it's a nice tight story to go with with all of these characters, and they weave in and out almost effortlessly. Like I never felt like any of this was like it has to happen. I felt like that's just where the story was taking me. So yeah. No, uh, it's very good. I guess we're getting to that time where we'll, we're going to rate it mm-hmm. then. Uh, really good. So, uh, what, what are you giving it out of 10, Matt? So, so for me, this is an unprecedented 9 for a Marvel movie. Uh, oh, for, I was going to say, how, how's that unprecedented? Oh, for a Marvel movie, okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I give, I, I tend to throw out 8s and 5s. You know, I was looking back over, you know, some of the other ratings I've given, but... Uh, letting it sit for a day, it's definitely, you know, I come out and I'm like, oh man, that was a 10. That was fantastic. But, you know, you sit and you talk and stuff, and but it's still... That, that shows how you get hype yourself up, right? Because, oh, I do. Because I'm the opposite. I come out of a movie usually lowballing it until I think about yeah. it for a while. <laughs> oh, no. No, I come out and if I really, I mean, again, let, let, go back and watch our Kong Skull Island review. Oh like, God! I came out that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> Dodge. I, I'll tell you this right now: when we do our top tens, which we're you know we're a few weeks away from doing that, we'll be doing that yeah. early March. Uh, all our top tens of the year. Uh, yeah. Connor will be joining us for that as well. Um, yeah. You're going to have Kong ridiculously high. I know you are, and it's going to be just. It's going to be such an out of place movie amongst everything. Even on your own list, it's probably going to feel out of place with everything else. Oh, it's probably my. If my top five was a dartboard, I'd have zero points. <laughs> it's all over. Like, <laughs> not even close. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, top ten moves of 2017, that is, for the record, folks. We're doing our, doing our awards. So this one's not, this is not eligible. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a 2018. This will be next t- yeah. next time's awards. Exactly. Uh, so, no, for me, uh, I, th- I think I'm going with an 8.5. Uh, yeah. I think I came out feeling like an 8, and the more I've talked about it, the more I've thought about it. Uh, I, I really call the themes it's doing. There, there is still that kind of like Marvel like uh, f- 
sort of sheen to it where you know okay we have to have the big armies fight at the end and that's why i feel like Kalia's mm. character is kind of thin uh because he's just kind of there to facilitate that and have the the, the op- opposing army to be in the fight but yeah. um so there's a few thin, thin elements like that um but for the most part i think the villains were the best in the mcu i think his motivations are complex uh and layered and because of that mm. it, it's easily one of the more fascinating stories in terms of the story of of T'Challa and Wakanda as a whole, kind of along with them, making the choice to sort of reveal themselves to the world because they can't just stand by and do nothing anymore. You know, it's kind of, again to compare it to Superman in, in a broad sense. It's oh, I've been then hiding for, for twenty years yeah. until I make the choice to put on that outfit and go out and start saving mm-hmm. people. You know, I've been, I've been in hiding. I've been keeping my powers to myself until you know it's time to to you know catch Lois Lane and yeah. she can say uh, who's got you. <laughs> You know, yeah. so it's kind of it's kind of that. So, uh, eight point five for me, uh, Black Panther, uh, one of the better Marvel movies in a while. That, that this and Spider Man are definitely my two favorite from the last like two or three years. Uh, yeah, without much effort. I so, agree. all right, so there you go. That that is uh, the Black Panther review. So let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel and the show, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. There's a link in the description uh, down there to that. Uh, yeah, obviously we do other... other me, and, me and Connor typically do the classic movies. Uh, me and Matt once a month do 121 Overload, which uh, mm-hmm. our patrons vote on which movie to do. That's still to come this month. Um, but yeah, so you can look out for all that other stuff. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching yeah. or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys, and we'll see you next time.